let me hand over to Dave. I guess you guys have been talking already, and uh, obviously Dave is the, the leader of, of the course, the postgraduate certificate that we're going to talk you through today, and obviously you've seen some information, but um, Dave is the guy who's going to let you over like this, and um, we're obviously here to, to answer any questions that you've got about the course, which we'll be able to do as we, as we go through different modules to do feel like you can uh, just ask questions as we go through, and Dave works with the ODI and also the University of Southampton, so he'll talking through both aspects of how we're working with the University of Southampton. I, I joined the ODI from the uh, fairly recently on the, on the training side to, to help spread the word about the course. Um, so I'll, I'll chip in as we go along if there's anything that I think can add to that. And obviously we're just keen to also get your feedback in general about you know, what, what we've put together and, and what your own sort of requirements are and where you're at with open data and so on. So with that, I will hand over to Dave, unless you've got any uh, particular things you want to mention at this point. Okay, I'll take you from there. Uh, so I guess the first thing I should say really is that, uh, so I've been a lecturer at the University of Southampton for a couple of years, having done my postgraduate there. Uh, and I got involved in the Open Data Institute by, through working on various projects with uh, Professor Nigel Shadbolt, who's obviously one of the directors of the Open Data Institute, along with Professor Tim Berners-Lee. Um, so they're both basically professors at Southampton and they went to set up the Open Data Institute in London, uh, which we successfully managed to do um, with help of the uh, funding from the government. Uh, and so Nigel asked me to get involved on the teaching side. Uh, in Southampton I've been doing a lot of teaching around uh, open data, linked data, uh, and particularly involving um, applying that in kind of uh, industry and commercial areas to build applications around open data. So that was really the key. A lot of the stuff that I've been doing is very applied uh, as opposed to the very theoretical. So that's kind of the aspect that I, uh, that I come from in Southampton. Uh, I've been helping out a lot with the applications that we've been building both within the university uh, and for projects. So what I'll do is I've got a little PDF uh, that I've created and hopefully a Hangout should be able to share this. So you should all now be able to see that, I hope. Yeah, and Lay, I'll just say that Lay has joined us as well. So welcome, Lay. Uh, you haven't actually missed a huge amount. We had a few technical things that we're getting to get with us. Well, primarily myself, uh, not well, only here once. So uh, yeah, welcome. I hope you can hear Dave, and I'll hand back to Dave. Yeah, Carl. Just as a as a note, um, because I'm now looking at the the PDF on my computer, I can no longer see the Hangout, so I can't see the alerts. So if there's anything that you need to interrupt me for, please do, because I can't now see the Hangout. Okay, I'll do that further, yeah. Okay, thank you. So I thought I might just go through a little bit of the structure. So the postgraduate certificate um, is a fully accredited qualification uh, accredited by the University of Southampton, and hence the strong tie between the Open Data Institute and the University of Southampton. So it will be provided by uh, Southampton academics, um, and you will be, uh, and people who enrol on the course will obviously be enrolled at the University of Southampton and have access to all the facilities that that uh, comes with. Uh, compute facilities, library, uh, journal subscriptions, and all the rest of it. So the postgraduate certificate is approximately one third of an MSc, um, which is which equates to about 300 hours of study. Uh, in teaching at the Open Data Institute, we had discussions around whether it should be a, a, a full-time three-month study, which you could essentially do it, or whether it should be something that's a bit more part-time to enable people to carry on with normal jobs and do it as a part-time study. So we decided it would be best to put it in as a part-time study uh, with intensive teaching, uh, one-week teaching slots, uh, followed by 
each module followed by three months of, uh, of coursework and individual study before those are submitted uh, at the end of each module uh, and then the following modules obviously taught then after. So it takes about 12 to 18 months we think to complete. Uh, obviously this is uh, a brand new thing for us uh, through the Open Data Institute and um, obviously we want to accommodate uh, the people who are enrolled in the course as much as possible you know to get the most the most out of the course. So primarily the course would be taught at the ODI. There's a wonderful uh, boardroom at the ODI which we're going to turn into a training facility and hopefully decorate it up and uh, there's a few pictures here that I've got of some of the events that have been happening in the ODI and Carl you're probably in one of the pods today so you can give people a tour of the office later on if they want. Um, but so this is the office in London um, in Clifton Street so it's in Tech City area of London. Um, we've also had they've had an art installation installed, as you can see from the, the little robot in the bottom corner. And it's quite a, it's quite a nice place to be. It's quite a good atmosphere. So obviously that's where the course will be taught. Uh, and in the office there's a series of incubated companies, um, which become important when we go towards the end of the course when people start to do individual projects, as we'll start to set up and a mentoring and coaching um, sessions to allow people to get in contact with those companies and obviously talk to them about their ideas and how they're going to move stuff forward uh, within their own individual projects. Obviously, as I've mentioned, uh, you'll be fully enrolled at the University of Southampton, so if you fancy seeing a bit of greenery uh, outside of London, you can obviously pop down to the university and come and have a look here. Uh, the top right is our brand new uh, East Electronics Computer Science building. Um, which we gave the, the builders a nightmare to build because the pattern on the glass on the side is a fractal, uh, which means it's unique at every point. So uh, they had a hell of a job putting all the glass panes in the right place. Uh, so you can come down and see that. But anyway, more about the structure then. As I mentioned, uh, there's basically there's three taught modules. Uh, we'll be presenting, um, basically in a week, we'll present all the content required. Okay, and then point to all the additional resources, and then allow people uh, up to three months, basically, to do the uh, study required in order to complete the assessments at the end of each course. The assessments vary. There is one exam, uh, and there's a couple of courseworks and a couple of presentations. Okay, and then obviously for the last module, there's actually because it's an individual project, there is no teaching. Um, we just uh, will set people up with uh, their own supervisor. Um, typically, as we run them in Southampton, people would then talk to that supervisor about uh, projects, opportunities, resources required, etc., in order to complete, uh, ready for the end of project conference. Uh, this is a module we already do in Southampton, and uh, it tends to be one of the most successful ones because of the fact there is a, a big end of project conference where everyone has to present, everyone has to peer review each other's content. And so it tends to be a very well received uh, module, so we thought we'd. Uh, give everyone the opportunity to take part in that and obviously we'd like to invite external people along to see the work being presented at the end of the course. So that's kind of the basic structure uh, of the course. Were there any questions at this point that people had about the structure or concerns? No. Okay. No, not yet. Okay, cool. Um, so there are four modules as I mentioned then. So we would advocate that people take them in order, um, but obviously there's two uh, kind of technical modules, because it's more focused on open data technologies, um, which are the producing and consuming open data modules, uh, which both consist of the week-long teaching um, 
followed by there's a short coursework for the first one, um, and mainly mainly uh, assessed via an exam, and then in the second, uh, the consuming open data module that's entirely uh, assessed via coursework. Okay, the third module is the business module, so that's the open innovation module. So how this how you know open innovation and open data. Uh, can translate all this technology into a, into a business model, sustainable business model um, that can make profit. Okay, again, that one's one week teaching, and there is a presentation uh, and coursework involved in the assessment of that. So they're the basic the four, the four modules. I've already said quite a lot about the individual project that goes on the end, but obviously the individual project um, we're uh, hoping with people in uh, your positions would be able to do something within your own organisations. Yeah. We, um, rather than have to kind of come up with a project idea, there might be somewhere where you want to actually apply this uh, and then present that back. So I was going to go through a little bit on what the, was in the modules and kind of discuss a little bit on that if people wanted to. Majority of this is taken from the PDF that you've already been sent round. Um, obviously, within five days, we're going to go through you know, on the first module all the way from the kind of the what is open data through the technical architecture of the web and what is enabling it to be published on the web uh, through to what's being done currently um, in terms of you know the knowledge that you can uh, obtain that's out there and what formula, form, what representations it's already in such as CSV etc. Then also have a look um, at the more advanced formalisms that are starting to emerge uh, such as all the semantic web technologies um, and the RDF um, and linked data formats. So we will be looking a lot at the kind of the five stars of, uh, of linked open data and taking uh, people through examples of that and how to how and when to apply it. Okay, and that leads us on to kind of the, the, the end of that course where we look at the actual semantic web and ontology design patterns in order to be able to um, share and, and mash data together and enrich data basically for full reuse. So that, that's kind of the power of the semantic web and the whole vision, uh, Tim Berners-Lee's vision from would you believe almost 2000 isn't it, that's, that's 12 years ago so yeah we'll be going through to that uh, and then the second module obviously looks at the other side from not the publishing but more the consuming so how how and when we discover data appraise and select it so you know how do you establish uh, how do you establish trust in the data that you're that you found out there uh, we'll obviously look at tools for exploring and analyzing that uh, specifically, we'll be looking at things like Google Refine, um, or now Open Refine, as it's now called, uh, as a very useful tool to be able to explore a data set and also validate it. Yeah, and also, as that is, it's a very useful tool for cleaning uh, the data set. Um, that will lead us on to a coursework on visualization, um, which, as I don't know if people have seen, that Google have announced that uh, they're, they're willing to dish out $2,000 to someone who can visualise the government data, which is quite an interesting little competition that they're doing at the moment uh, and very relevant to this coursework which we're currently running at the University of Southampton. So a lot of this stuff is already uh, tried and tested, all being tried and tested now. So that's the kind of the two modules about um, obviously producing open data where we expect people to, to apply their knowledge um, to uh, reason about the, the methods that already work. Uh, and evaluate those that are being uh, that are up and coming, and, and kind of when they should be applied and when they shouldn't. Consuming, as I say, more about creating a rich application, you know, creating a visualization, um, and how you can how, how it's critical to have the right license behind open data to enable people to reuse it and to make their own, 
uh, applications that, that can then be taken forward to be commercialised. That then leads us on to the business module, um, which is the open innovation uh, and the digital economy module. Uh, this will be taught by the School of Management people within the University of Southampton. So I'm School of ECS, which is Electronics Computer Science, and this one will mainly be taught by uh, the School of Business and Management. Uh, and they'll look at the, the whole idea of how open innovation is transforming business models, how people are now kind of innovating, coming up with ideas in the open that's then benefit, directly benefiting and growing businesses, growing customer bases. Uh, and there's a few good examples already out there of businesses that have done this um, and how it's really helped them to become uh, market leaders. And so that will look at kind of the, the benefits of, of adopting an open innovation module. Mod, um, um, uh, model, right, and how to, and then this leads on to the kind of the how how to commercialize these applications. Okay, and obviously involved in that, and also in the producing open data, we'll be looking at the role of um, legal systems and licensing, uh, and being able to protect intellectual property. So they're the three key modules, um, as you can understand, or hope you can understand. There's there's quite a lot there to be to be packed in a week. Um, so they're mostly going to be taught as kind of interactive stories throughout the week where we go through a, a big example uh, from phase one all the way through to you know, either fully published or fully built or whatever in each of the modules and, and carry on this rather long story um, that leads to the, the assessments and all of the, uh, the evaluations. And then the last one, as I say, is the, is the really nice one. Um, Nice one for us because we don't have to teach very much, but uh, also the nice one for you guys because at the end of it we get a, a we'll put together a conference which we'll do at the ODI as well in London. Invite the local community along, uh, and everyone will be able to present their uh, individual project. A poster, we'll have a poster reception, okay, and we'll have a series of people obviously who go around and uh, assess it, everyone's work there as well. So that's a really nice kind of more informal way of assessing as opposed to an exam or a coursework, um, but it works very very well. Um, so and then on, on completion, uh, we'll also have a, a, a kind of a, an awards ceremony. Now uh, we haven't really decided on how how that's going to work yet. Um, slightly different from being at Southampton, because we'll probably again do it up in the ODI. Um, but that will that would complete the course. So as I say, it's about a third of an MSc. So um, there's only four modules. Everyone each one's a what they call a single module. So they're all worth about the same. Um, and they'll take about three months each to complete. Um, the team then, I just thought I'd, I'd do a brief introduction. So I'm course coordinator on this from the University of Southampton. Um, uh, and Dr. Leslie Carr, uh, who is also a, a lecturer, senior lecturer in the Web and Internet Sciences group, is the course leader. Um, so he'll be doing a fair bit of the teaching as well. Um, Nick Gibbons has been involved more in the architecture of the web. He, he, he contributes to a lot of the W3C standards um, and a lot of the discussion around that. So he'll be doing quite a bit on the first module, uh, whereas I'll be doing quite a bit on the second module. Uh, and then Dr. Thomas Wainwright is a lecturer in the School of Management, so he'll mainly be doing a lot on the third module. Um, so that's the, that's the lecturing team. And then there's obviously we've got a, a technical team and we've obviously got a mentoring and coaching team as well. So if I, I started to go into everybody, there would be quite a lot of people. There's quite a big support network in place um, to obviously assist on the course. Um, and everyone in the individual project will get their own supervisor as well. So that's kind of the overview of it. 
so I'll come back onto camera and I guess we can open up to discussions and I can go through anything that people want me to. Over to you, Carl. Yeah, does anyone have any questions off the top of your head? Let's see if I can find where I want to go. Oh, there we go. Is everyone okay. happy? I'll jump in then. Cool. Um, so you, you've got the four modules that make up that third towards the Masters. Have you got any plans to work with the Open Data Institute to establish them as such? Um, I, I think there would be there could be an opportunity to do that in the future. That would be more of a question for the commercial team as to whether they wanted to go forward and do something like that. It's certainly something that we could potentially do and could potentially provide. Obviously, that then multiplies the load on the course by three. Um, but it is potentially something we could do. Obviously, we've got all the materials in Southampton we use to, to teach a lot of this already. Yeah. But in the initial business plan, it was obviously only put together to be a postgraduate certificate. So that's kind of where this has started. That would, as I say, that would be more of a, of a question for the commercial team and potentially, potentially Nigel at this point. Okay, thank you. So, I wish I could answer that further, but I, I wouldn't have the right answer, as it were, because I don't have the, the knowledge on where things are going at that. I mean, how, how does it, is, is anyone who would be prepared to just give us some feedback on how it sounds, you know, in terms of what, what you're trying to achieve in, in your day-to-day -day existence and your, your plans for where you want to take your own work, how do the four modules sit with you? Um, I can answer that. This is Jason here. Um, in, in the United States, we have uh, different issues than what happens in the EU. And what we're trying to do is uh, come up with a uh, model for uh, open data initiatives, at least here in the city of Raleigh, and hopefully we can make this model for the U.S. And um, there's been a lot of criticism of the U.S. open data initiatives and privacy issues. And um, one of the things I'm very interested in is learning we're trying to figure out how to balance our uh, public records disclosure laws, which are much different than Europe's, um, and still trying to adhere to the spirit of uh, maintaining privacy. You know, like what's that uh, document that the UK put out? Uh, transparent government, not transparent citizens. You know, so uh, we have a desire in trying to work with uh, the emerging open data standards and series of ethics. You know, which is uh, somewhat problematic here. Uh, I think this will help me a lot in, in explaining why we want to redact personally identifiable information. So, um, I also like the amount of time that the year is a week long commitment for each time, so it allows me to continue to have a job, which is I'm grateful for. Um, so, those are my comments. Great. Thanks, Jason. And I I, I don't know whether people are actually happy to, to sort of say where they're working from. Obviously, you mentioned Raleigh there because then you know, I see this is obviously a little mini mini group of, of uh, open data people. So we have some interesting uh, people from one yourself, Jason, from America, and uh, Lay. I don't know if you want to introduce yourself and some of what you're you're working on over there in you know, in another continent. Um, but, but certainly feel 
feel free to do that if, you, if you're comfortable with it. Certainly from the perspective of the ODI as well, you know, one, one of the things that the ODI is very much involved in is this whole writing of, of best practice as well. So you know, yes. the, the way that we can collaborate with the University of Southampton being able to obviously uh, make these things happy, uh, published and, and clear as, as quickly as possible. And obviously Dave having his two feet in uh, both organisations is a is a great bus for us to just build it. He can he can obviously feed in uh, you know from from what he's getting exposed to within the ODI and and then obviously the, this is what the ODI's mission. I mean I didn't start because I'm assuming that you all know a bit about you know the ODI and what we what we're trying to achieve but that whole catalyzing of a of a community which is across academia and industry and and um, uh, the, uh, the public sector and, and uh, you know sort of the startup community. I think just just the physical fact of the training in the ODI offices does. I mean, I already found that you know when I just go into the kitchen area, the number of people that I can meet and talk to who are you know in some of the startups and actually realizing that a lot of this, from from my perspective, being relatively new in in the ODI, is just seeing how a lot of these ideas, maybe outside of the government sector, but you know, a lot of the projects that seem to be happening are just as a result of two light bulbs going off between two respective people who are you know, you know just just really passionate about this area so um, certainly i think there's a there's a big aspect to, to the fact that it's, it's over here and um, just people are making this whole uh, thing happen just by, by the fact that they're connected and that's what the ODI is about obviously the training and um yeah. Well, that is going to be such a big part of the course, uh, as I mentioned. You know, I don't want to keep it as a as a big theoretical presentation. You know, in, with us locked away in room room, a lot of the teaching will come from purely the fact that it's being taught. You know, in the ODI, and we'll have a lot of communication with the startups and the various people, such as Jenny, who are still. You know, this this area is changing so much. Right, and people like Jenny are obviously producing things like you know all the best practices around publishing open data. You know that that's a big focus on that at the moment, right? So obviously a lot of that will come back into the course, and and, and so Jenny's currently working on that. And there's also a lot that we don't know. You know, there's there's a lot that we're still discovering. And obviously, you know, as Carl says, being within the office is the great best place to try and discover it. So yeah, I, I currently spend two days a week in London. Um, my other three is spent in Southampton. Uh, with my teaching down here so that's kind of my balance but yeah you can learn a hell of a lot by just simply being in the office so yeah I hope to give people uh, the exposure to all, the, all of the stuff that goes on in the office as well get involved in that atmosphere when you're over and obviously you'll get access to that as uh, throughout the entire length of the course as well well yeah I'm trying to put back here a series of best practices we could try to mold into um, at least our, our, our local uh, data disclosure laws. Um, there aren't really that many national standards in the United States. So this, this open data thing, from a policy point of view, is, is often um, difficult to implement in, in a consistent way. Yeah. So like if you look at all the different open data initiatives in the United States, there's a, a really a hodgepodge of, of the way people handle uh, personal data, for example. Yeah. So, that's what I'm hoping to, to come back with. I think often you find that the the approach is different depending on where it's being started from as well, don't you? You yeah. certainly see that in the in the UK with some 
if you look at look at local government, which is where I come from, then some of some of the initiatives have started very much from a financial standpoint and are publishing the um, their their financial transactions online in a structured way, and then you have other people who just went straight for you know what's the what's the thing that somebody's going to build an app out of, and they look very different, feel very different depending on which department it started with sometimes, trying to get consistency across the whole of, of no, the whole of your own organisation is something to, to have a handle on, isn't it? You also get the model where people become disruptive and so they you know they, they get the data published in order to prove its its value, uh, which has also been an approach we've seen in the UK. Yes. Here is uh, usually a Code for America debate that uh, scares a city council, and then they pass a resolution and they hire a guy like me to uh, mitigate the problem, right? <laughs> uh, so, so, my task is to uh, please the Code for America people out there at the same time, uh, navigate the political landscape within the city to try to coax the data stewards to give us the data and provide a rigorously thorough um, open data portal without exposing an individual citizen's identity, which is, uh, uh, well, I can't wait to show up because I, I sometimes uh, I run out of answers, you know, so I can use some help. And we can't wait for you to show up because that, be, that would be great. There's plenty of that going on in the UK. And, uh, oh, plenty of people with the same questions, but more people, more people putting their heads together might provide the answers. I'm hoping because yeah. right now I'm getting a lot of um, from my other uh, contemporary or my other colleagues here in the U.S. It's uh, don't worry about that. We're just going to put the data out there, and it doesn't matter if somebody's names on it. And then there's uh, blowback, you know. Yeah. Um, and it turns out to be not a, the best political move to make. No, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It's nice to have the, the balance between the communities who are trying to produce the data and the community that's trying to use it, because then you can find that, that lovely middle point between the application developers and the data producers. Yeah, I think we're close. So this, this I've been waiting for this for uh, since I heard about you guys in November, so I'm, I'm very excited about showing up. Yeah, I think you've answered all my questions. Uh. Jason, a cheeky question, actually. If I'm, is, let me just see if anybody else has got uh, some some comments that you want to before I do that. Actually, Sam or Simon, do you, you have any other questions you want to bring in? Yeah, um, could you just um, tell us a little bit more of what you see the um, like the requirements for venturing in? To a, to a course like this. I mean, I'm I'm not really coming from a pure computer science background. Um, I'm more scientific software developing development. Is there you know, what, what would what would you see as being being necessary? Dave, you want to do that? Yeah, or? sorry, I lost my unmute microphone button for a second there. Yeah. So one of the things we put on the specification. Um, was basically a little bit of experience around in and around the web and a little bit of web development, right? So obviously, if you've done a little bit of software that does something with web architecture, 
Right, maybe a little bit around. I mean, in terms of the languages or anything we're going to use in CourseWorks, it'll be basically be a bit of HTML, a bit of JavaScript, right, mm -hmm. and frameworks around that. So if you're, it, it, I would say that if you're happy in those areas, right, then you should be absolutely fine. Okay, if you feel that that's going to be a hell of a leap, then then that might be a bit more of a challenge. But obviously, there's nice things out there, um, like the oh, what was it called? Code Academy had the lovely, you know, the JavaScript and HTML tutorials which you can do prior to coming on the course if you want a bit of a catch up, and those are brilliant for that, right? And that'll bring you bang up to date. We're not expecting, we're not expecting it to be overly technical, but there's going to be a little bit in order to do the kind of the visualizations coursework. It does a little bit of, of JavaScript basically, uh, but a lot of this is obviously based on textbooks. We'll have the the ODI library. Um, also the University of Southampton Library. So we're currently building the ODI library, which is really nice. So there's going to be a whole load of resources um, there as well to help people out. So as long as you're comfortable with that, then I, I personally I think you'll be fine. Does that kind of answer that question? Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, I'm that, that's, um, that sounds okay. I'm, I'm also willing to, to be stretched a little bit. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm really trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep it away from learning a new language because it's really about the open data aspect and not about the learning to program aspect, right? But the tools like um, Open Refine obviously do a lot of the enrichment for you. They do a lot of the cleaning for you. It's just about understanding the issues that exist out there, understanding the different kind of data formalisms that you'll get and how those relate through ontologies and all the rest of it. So there's a lot of more understanding rather than learning of program languages and tools. Great. I can't wait to hear the cheeky question. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know, after I said that, I thought, no, nah, that's not actually that relevant, Carl. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just curious because, you know, there's this thing about what's happening in the UK and then what's happening in the US. So I wondered if you might just share us a bit more. You started talking about, you know, some of the issues that you're facing in, in your specific organisation, but... Anything else about? I mean, obviously, we, you know, we have the, the funding that comes through to us is, is from the Technology Strategy Board in, in the UK, which is uh, you know, part of the UK government. And we're not, we don't have anyone from the government on our board or anything, but you know, we're not for profit. But so, anything you can share with, just to give us a bit more insight of what's happening over there? Uh, yeah, I can give you a high level view, and I, I blog about these issues quite a bit. Um, mm. and I, Talk with some of the bigger Code for America folks, like uh, uh, you know Mark Head and and certainly uh, uh, sort of the CTO from uh, City of Chicago. One of the problems that we're having is a uh, lack of coordination. So um, a open data initiative will happen for some cultural reason within that particular city or region, and uh, that that open data initiative will happen independently. So we have a we have two issues. Um, one, we don't have a uniform best practice on uh, differentiating between open data and personal data. It's something that is, a, uh, I think, an enormous problem. And you've probably seen things like the gun map and stuff, the data dumping that our journalists do, uh, which I think uh, also personal crosses an ethical line. Uh, but in, in not just dealing with privacy issues, but also uh, it'd be nice to have a, an industry set of best practices, even though we don't have any legal standing, we can say, these are industry best practices, and we've used those in IT before, and like, uh, for example, 
uh, you know, project management methodology, uh, service-oriented architecture. Those all have best practices, but don't have legal standards. So if open data, if we can develop a set of those that I can take back to the U.S. and start evangelizing and saying, these are, this is how an open data initiative should, should go. And it should be interoperable, and there should be some understanding of what the difference is between personal data and open data. And that's something that is not hard-coded, hard-wired, hard-written down anywhere that I can go and reference. So I had to make up my own privacy policy, which is an extremely inelegant, elongated, ginormous document that our lawyers are still working on, trying to decide if that actually is legal. So that's, that's what's going on in the United States. We have a, a fractured standard. You build an app in one city, it doesn't work in another one. None of the open data uh, folks really talk to each other all that often. And I'd, I'd like to change that into a more collaborative U.S. model. It might not be exactly like the, the EU model, you know, we have different privacy laws, but it could have a U.S. basic standard you know, that is um, somewhat um, collaborative with, with the EU standard. Uh, is it, am I making sense or am I just... Yeah, that's great. Carl, did you did you talk to Danny Weitzner when he was in the office the other week at all? Uh, no, I did not. So, sorry, because uh, Danny Weitzner, um, I don't know if you know, he's a, a professor at MIT, along with okay. Tim Berners-Lee. Um, I, I did not... Okay, he, he, was, he was in the ODI the other week. I was just wondering whether Carl had a chance to talk to him, because obviously he does a lot around internet privacy. Right and the law, yeah. And he was over in the UK last week, and he visited the ODI last Wednesday. So well, I'll definitely uh, send him an email. Yeah, he's a he's a really good guy. He was also internet. I think he was like internet security advisor to uh, to the president last year. Oh, okay. Which is uh, quite. Yeah, a... we're in... Sorry. We're involved with that uh, data palooza thing that the White House is trying to uh, in fact. Um, uh, Todd Park and, and the Office of Science and, and Science and Technology from the White House are coming to Raleigh April 22nd for the first municipal data police. So we're pretty excited about that. And, um, so they will get a chance to talk to him before that. Yeah. yeah it, would be a, it would be a good guy to talk to on this, especially about you know a best practice standard for America. Yeah. Bear in mind that his... we shooting before. Yeah. And actually, uh, Simon and Sam, and you probably know cause from my email, but in the ODI offices on Friday this week, we've got the uh, Chris Vine, who's the current Chief Innovation Officer of the World Bank. He used to be the Deputy CTO at the White House. He's doing a talk on building an open world. We are planning to record those. I mean, we normally record them. And it, it, the actual recording failed last week, so we only had the slides to put up. But uh, Jason will send you the uh, the link to that archive as well, and the, the, there is a place where they're, they're getting uh, published. So uh, yeah, that's going to be exciting to, to hear what he's got to say. Well, it's great to know if there's other. I'm, I'm sure there were other people in the United States thinking about this, but, uh, but uh, it's great to know that uh, they're connected with you guys. Yeah, I'll just put the link in the hangout to uh, Danny Weitzner's profile at MIT. Oh, great. Thank you. So you can look him up. Yeah, he was the uh, United States Deputy Chief Technology Officer for Internet Policy. 
uh, last year, so 2011 to 2012. Yeah, bookmark complete. <laughs> <laughs> he's a really good guy. I've met him a few times, and he's also involved heavily with the Web Science Initiative, uh, which is also a University okay. of Southampton thing, and then that links all the way back to the ODI. So. Great. Okay. Well, the only other issue I have is working out my visa status because I'm, uh, my flight is uh, from Ireland, so technically I'm not supposed to have a visa requirement, so I'm just trying to get the right visa officer to give me the right visa statement. That's where I'm at now. So, we'll see. I wish you all the best with that one. <laughs> I really <Thank> do. <laughs> Okay, uh, any other bits of feedback from Sam or Simon or in terms of... I mean, right. have, you, um, have you already run the material at, the, at this University of Southampton? So obviously a lot of it has already been pre-run. A lot of it we've been running for the last few years. Um, that would be within the MSc courses there. So obviously there's a slightly different structure in that it tends to be talked to a group of 50-odd students uh, with two lectures a week. Um, so although a lot of the material has been run, and the assessments will stay roughly the same, okay, obviously we're thinking a lot about it's going to be a smaller group, which is going to enable us to do a hell of a lot more focused kind of discussion, right, rather than a group of 50 where you can't really get that to happen as much. So the teaching methods will be actually be different in the ODI. That's the main change, but a lot of the material will be exactly the same. Okay, so that you know we are running a lot of this through. Obviously, things change in open data, and things change rapidly. The best practice stuff, uh, Jenny's currently working on. Um, if we can bring that in, that would be a definite benefit, I think, to you guys. But obviously, that's a that's a new thing as well. So, yes, a lot of the material has been tested. Um, obviously, a lot of the architecture of the web stuff has been taught for a good many years. So we'll just be bringing bits of that into this course. Okay, so I, I'll give you my feedback on, on where where I am. I suppose is probably the the, the best way of starting it. So I I do some work already in and around open data. I did do when I was in local government, and I've done some more in the last nine or ten months since I left. I've been working on the international aid transparency initiative, which I suspect in my mind. I'll talk about next week. So I've got some experience of that, but I would say that my knowledge of leaked data is, I'd say it's weak. Um, I have an awareness of it. I, I've read some stuff up and around it, um, but practically, I've got no practical experience with it. So there's those, um, the, those, those modules are interesting because of that. I'm in the process of setting up um, a, a cooperative with a friend of mine and most of the work that we intend to be doing is in and around open data so the business stuff could be that, that's, that's interesting to look at um, and the way the course is structured looks good to me I like the idea that you combine the producing and the consuming open data because if you're opening up organisations, then you, having a full and rich understanding of the implications of what you're doing only really follows when you you see things from both sides of the fence that you've effectively just 
thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I won't, I won't try to strain that metaphor anymore. <laughs> yes. No, from, that... the pers- from the personal perspective, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm in the right position to be able to go forward and take the first um, presentation of the course because it just might be a little bit too too soon. I recently did. Um, I've recently studied with Open University and with the fact that I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to start a business at the same time as doing other stuff, establish myself as freelance. It might just be that I I think I'm likely to think this is the wrong time, but I I certainly want to keep my eye on future presentations of it. And I probably want to think about the um, the 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 consideration as to whether I do a postgraduate or whether I look at MSc next time I study. But I think it's been really having said that. I, I like the, the look and the shape of the course. I think it looks as well constructed. And certainly the, the business stuff is really interesting. Because I'm, I'm not so much interested in the startup, I'm, in that sort of startup culture sort of idea. I'm much more interested in the sort of the community applications of open data and, and doing work in that area. That's excellent. Thank you very much. So. Yeah. It certainly has been a mission putting this together in the last nine months. Obviously, it's not been for our usual student intake, and it's a, it's always a bit daunting to think, well, what is the intake going to be, and what are they going to want out of it? So, no, thank you for that feedback. That's uh, that's very good. Thank you. Have you have you had quite a lot of interest in this? The the, the impression that I've I've got has been that you've had quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we have that uh, website registration form, and there is there is a. It's one of those things where you know it's a bit of a funnel edit because a lot of names that are, are being left on that, and it's it's a very global audience, and, and the real it's been quite interesting just seeing how people have found us through obviously you know, things like social media, and, and we haven't actually you know been doing that much uh, promotion about it. Really. So so there is, I mean, obviously there's there's certain developing nations that, that are very interested, but I think when they're they're maybe not able to to think about it from a from a financial perspective and things like that, but. But we will be, I mean, as, as a, an overall training uh, sort of offering, we will be making sort of in, in time more courses of course content available online, you know, for, for people to be able to at least get their hands on on some knowledge. But, but certainly, obviously, this is this is much deeper. And, and uh, so we, we're seeing, you know, that there, there are other courses, obviously, we're running shorter courses as well. And um, some of those are pitched at a, a broader audience. So there'll be, um, you know, maybe a a bigger appetite for those people who are in businesses who maybe sort of head de- departments and they need to be able to just really get an understanding but not the in-depth technical knowledge but they're um you know they're wanting to understand things like you know the policy or um you know c- commercial and technical considerations and, and think about that sort of stuff so so those kind of courses are, are coming and then we have these um lunchtime lectures as well so it's a, it's a mixed group of people that we're finding uh, obviously there's there's um a fairly small community of people who I think are implementing open data projects from a technical point of view, you know, on a daily basis, and and, and those kind of people obviously what we're what we're um, sort of targeting the postgraduate certificate too. So um, the audience starts to, to to become quite an interesting community. But there's maybe you know this is the this is the opportunity obviously as well as it, you know jason used the word evangelizing and, and going back and, and i think that's the that's the thing now is, is, is the opportunity for the people who get get in on this and there will be the second cohort you know, 
obviously for, for people to to get up and running but there'll be a bit less flexibility about when you do the modules it'll be more like if you were just kind of assigning them if you were to think about doing the uh, second cohort then it would be more likely that you would really need to do it in 12 months um, rather than there's a little bit of wiggle room um, to use a better word um, in, in the first cohort but, um, but yeah it's, you know I mean, overall obviously the ODI only started a few months ago there's been so many things uh, happening some big announcements about even sort of closing with, with certain businesses and, and I suppose you might have heard about this stuff we're doing with the World Bank which has been announced where we're training their leaders in how to you know, work with open data and, and, and then go out go forth and, and again tying in with the, the best practice thing we were talking about earlier on you know it's just trying to enable people so those people who are on the ground who really want to be out there as, as subject matter experts and, and helping to uh, you know well help their businesses and other businesses to know what they're doing um, i think this course is perfect for those those kind of uh, you know, forward-thinking technically literate folks like themselves yeah and it's too because it's such a disruptive area as well as a disruptive area of innovation in so many different ways as, as jason mentions with people from coming in from code for america and various other organizations that uh, you know being central in the open data institute we you know we get a lot of that knowledge firsthand that we can then pass straight on to you guys as quickly as possible, as quickly as it becomes relevant. So I mean, that's that's really key. So uh, you know, I, I suspect that as the as the years go by, the taught material will adjust as well to the kind of the disruptive technologies and which ones get taken on board. So well, that's why we like to keep it kind of general. Okay. Well, I really appreciate this. Thank you for taking the time to. Yes, definitely. Okay. That's not a problem. Pleasure. Uh, if anyone's, if anyone, if anyone's got any questions, obviously please feel free to email myself or Carl, as well. Okay, I think I put my address on the, the bottom of the screen show I did just there, but obviously Carl can share it with you. Okay, so yeah, feel free. Yeah, and I'd be happy to you know have have follow up chats just to you know cover off anything that comes up after you, you have some more thoughts once all this is settled. Absolutely.